Do you remember the last time you picked up a pen and noticed the quality? How about a razor you handled that didn't feel cheaply made? When was the last time a product made a true and lasting impression on you? In this era of the mass-produced and disposable, anything lovingly handcrafted seems to be a rare thing. Maybe it's time for a change, and Spindlecraft can help. At Spindlecraft, passion and superior quality make it stand out from the faceless, automated crowd. Material for each piece of work is thoughtfully chosen, crafted, sanded, and finally polished with the kind of attention to detail and dedication you can't get off of an assembly line. At Spindlecraft, they know that quality of the material is as important as the quality of the craftsmanship and is a reflection of both the artist and the customer. So rather than buying some cheap pens or razors that you won't give a second thought, purchase something from Spindlecraft. To see what they have to offer, go to www.spindlecraft.com and at the checkout, enter the word GEEKS. That's G-E-E-K-S to get 10% off. We're sure that once you have a Spindlecraft product in your hand, you won't want to put it down. Welcome to the Freaking Geeks Podcast, the flagship podcast of Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, hosts Michael, Sarah, and Barry crank the geekiness to 11, covering everything from movies and television to pop culture, video games, books, and so much more. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The podcast is produced each week, so feel free to add us to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. The links will be in the show notes. Okay, now it's time to start the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Barry and Sarah. Hey, geeks. Hello. All right, so we are doing a review for Polar. This new movie that just dropped on Netflix, uh, what, a couple of days ago? Yeah, soon to win an Oscar for sure. <laughs> oh, no doubt. <laughs> I am going to say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best thing on Netflix right now. Everyone who's listening, you need to go watch it, if you haven't already. <laughs> I'm going to continue to say nothing. <laughs> um. All right, so yeah, Uh. You know, uh, Sarah, you actually were the one recommend this movie. You wanted to to review it. Obviously, you have a lifelong love affair with Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, I'll pretty much watch him in anything. Right. So or, or nothing. Or no matter. Yeah, or, just or, stare at his picture. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just say you got to see a lot of Mads in this movie. Yeah, not yeah. the thing I wanted to see, but you know, everything else is still okay by me. I personally, I personally think it's lies, Sarah. I think, it's, I think it's lies. <laughs> I think you have a clip of that entire scene, and you have it saved on your computer. And look at that; it's pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like that Netflix went there. Like you know, this they gave it a hard R, and it yeah. earned it. Yeah, no doubt. Although we didn't get the money shot, but whatever. Yeah. That's my only complaint about that whole scene is like, okay, you know, that's nice. You know, we see all of her. Let's see all of you. Yeah. Well, you can't get everything that you want. I don't know. <laughs> Some, maybe like in like a couple of years, be like, okay, maybe I'm old enough now. I should just like, whatever. I'll, I'll bear it all. <laughs> all right. So, you know, Polar, it's um, based on a graphic novel. Uh, that came out in, I believe, 2013 and has gained, in that time, uh, quite a following online. And uh, they decided to, you know, adapt it for the for the screen and uh, it became a Netflix movie. So this is a movie that was released on Netflix on January 25th, 2019, written by Jason Rothwell, directed by Jonas Ackerland. With a runtime of an hour and 58 minutes, a budget of $13 million, and of course, since it's not released in theaters, there is no box office. Uh, the cast is Mads Mikkelsen, Vanessa Hudgens, Catherine Winnick, and Richard Dreyfus. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> he just kind of shows up. Yeah. I, uh, thank but you. I, <laughs> the is kind of cool. Yeah, I think it's one of those, like, I will collect my $250,000 uh, check. Thank you very much for yeah. two minutes of work. So. I know you didn't think I was still alive, but I am. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's a w- back into the shadows. It's his way. It's his way of uh, yeah, saying, "Hey, guys, I'm still alive." Hello. 
feel free to hire me again. <laughs> he was going to board that boat he was on from Jaws. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then like the giant Oxville cameo too, right off the bat. That was I was like, what? Yeah. How strange. Yeah, it was weird. That's weird. But I like Diane Oxel as an actor. Like, yeah. I like that he's not really just doing Jackass anymore. He's actually doing a few yeah. movies. Yeah. Um. All right. So before we get into it, uh, let's do some geek speak. Uh, the Hannah trailer has dropped, and um, the uh, the the show is going to actually the first episode is going to premiere right after the Super Bowl. You'll be able to watch the first episode. Um. Well, I won't be watching the Super Bowl, so at least I can watch that. Right. So there you go. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I think this is a a show that could be really good. Uh, Something to look out for. It's got a solid cast in it, uh, including Joel uh, Kinnaman. And uh, I can't pronounce her name, but the the actress from <laughs> The Killing. Her, this is very partner. professional. Can't pronounce this one's name, but you know, go look it up. Yeah, go look it up. Uh, like Muriel Muriel Enos, uh, something like that. Um, she's a good actress. Um, so I have full faith that the two of them will be able to uh, do a good job as they usually do, and they did a great job in The Killing. I've seen them separately on other projects, so I think this could be could be a good show. Uh, because it's based on that movie from 2011 that had uh, Saoirse Ronan and Eric Bana in it. So it's basically the same setup, the same premise, but uh, I guess I'm going to try and stretch it out. Uh, that was a decent movie. You know. Yeah, it was. It was a decent movie. Um, and my recommendation is Sex Education, which is a show on Netflix that dropped, uh, I believe, uh, a week ago, maybe 10 days ago, something like that. And... Uh, I watched it in two days. It's uh, it's fantastic. Uh, great performances, excellent writing, funny, uh, touching, kind of everything all rolled into one, and it just uh, it just works. So, um, I can't recommend it more than that. I said go check it out. <laughs> yeah, I definitely will. Because I mean, Jillian Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> How can you not? Right. Talking about sex? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll watch it. <laughs> Jillian Anderson, sex therapist. Uh, that, that's good enough. So she, you know, she gave up on Hannibal, so she's gone into being a sex therapist. That's right. That's right. That works. Uh, nice second career. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's do our one-sentence review. So my one-sentence review is 40% John Wick. 30% pain and gain, 20% Leon, 10% taken, and those exact don't exactly mix together all that well. Wow. So mean. <laughs> I think this is going to be my shortest one-sentence review I've ever had on this oh my show. God. I'm afraid to hear oh. this. <laughs> I'm waiting. So bad, it's good. Oh, no. I like it, though. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> true. <laughs> so true, you're right. <laughs> well, that should just be a motto for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and like I'm right. Yeah. What else is new, right? Right. <laughs> Mine right, is a dish of over the top goodness embodied in a quasi revenge film teetering on the edge of ridiculousness, or ridiculous, excuse me, and violent drama. I think it's accurate. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm curious, Michael, where you get the pain and gain. Like, what's the relationship between pain and gain in this movie? I got that vibe. Um, well, uh, okay, well, I tell you what. Hold on that qu- on that question for a second. Let me do the okay. uh, the plot synopsis, and then we can jump in. Oh, okay. Uh, so the plot synopsis is Duncan uh, Vinzia, the world's greatest assassin, uh, also known as the Black Kaiser, is nearing retirement when he finds himself bonding with a young neighbor while a group of young killers target him for the company that he works for. Uh, all right. So you brought up what specifically about pain and gain um, made me. Yes. Uh, reminded me with this movie. And I, and I gotta say, if I, if I, cause I've seen little bits of pain and gain here and there, one of the two, you know, different channels and stuff. And I saw it, you and I saw it in theaters a few yeah. years ago and we yeah. hated it. Cause we just, yeah. it was terrible. With this movie, it had to, there was the the scenes with um, the the A team, uh, which was the the killers, the young group of assassins. Yeah, anything that basically wasn't Duncan 
and Camille. Okay. So anything that focused on the assassins or uh, Blute, mm-hmm. every you know, like in Pain and Gain, uh, it used oversaturated colors, overexposure. Um, they really jacked everything up on screen in terms of the saturation level. And there were so many scenes in this movie where um, they jacked up the over the own uh, overexposed the the light coming in from windows and stuff. So basically, the visuals, the visuals, because like it was the time when you see a scene where there's a window, right? If there's light coming through the window, might be a little bright. In this movie, you can't even look at the at the window because it's just white, right? Yeah. I mean, they just jacked everything up in the saturation level, and it just reminded me of Pain and Gain. Uh, and also, Pain and Gain is just over the top and ridiculous as well. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think where my thing with Pain and Gain comes, and I don't want to make this a Pain and Gain review. Dear God, never. <laughs> uh, you know, I think Pain and Gain, you know, you took two huge actors, Wahlberg and Rock, and they just – they did not perform in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, I don't think they were appropriately cast. I just don't think any, you know what I mean? I just don't think they fit the bill for that movie as to where in this movie, I think Mads fit the bill and I think Vanessa Hudgens fit the bill. So that's, that's where I kind of see a discrepancy. You oh, sure. I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think that the pain and gain applies to a very specific aspect to this movie. Um, yeah. Uh, you know the that side of the movie for me is where p- pain and gain. I'll tell you what, though, I think some of the s- the shots were like out in his cabin and such. I thought they were pretty nice. Oh, they were there's nice. Some really yes. pretty shots. Yeah, there is they some. Were. There's some nice stuff in this movie. I, I gotta admit, I'm not yeah. gonna sit and hate on this movie. You know, the whole review or anything. <laughs> not the whole time. Just ninety nine percent. Okay. Hey, ninety eight. Ninety eight, and be happy with it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, look. Uh, Let's get down to talking about you know this movie, uh, and let's start out with the script, right? Um, right. Raker, what is what what is your grade for this for this script? Oh, script, I gave it. You know, I mean, you're gonna, I'm gonna give. You know, these grades are not great by any means, uh, mm-hmm. but they're good for what they were. You know, as we were talking earlier today, and you know, Sarah said something about you know it's pretty good for a B movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I I have to keep, I kept that. You know, you have to keep that kind of in your. Mind as yeah, yeah, exactly. Perspective as you're watching this and evaluating it. So, um, I gave it a 76, which you know, compared to you know other movies we've reviewed, obviously seems quite low. But you know, it's not the script that was the main, you know, the main part of this movie. At least not for me. You know, I was kind of going into it with a okay, this won't be a, you know, I'm not expecting a great script. But I'll tell you what, I I did like the little twist at the end, kind of the yeah. End. I didn't expect it. I, I did it. not either. And I, you know, that's where, you know, that's where, I, that's where it jumped up a little bit. Like without that twist, you know, and I guess we can be spoiler time. Here. Yeah. Go ahead. Jump you into know, it. Yeah. I mean the fact that, you know, it turned out to be the little girl that he didn't kill. He has you know? these um, yeah. nightmares about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I thought that was nice. You know, that was a good move. I think without that, this movie would have been, you know, I probably would have gave that grade about a, if a 70, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Because it was so it was so uh, tropey up and you know until that nice little twist, so that's why it jumped up to that seventy six. But I was I was very pleased with that. I thought that was very good, nice nice twist by the script, the writers, whoever you know, maybe the director. I don't know whoever's idea that was. I thought that was cool. And yeah, the, the uh, moment, but like the very tense moment where she's confronting him at the very end. It's just it's fantastic. And yeah, exactly. She yeah. was acted her butt off. And and I love the way he was like, you know what I mean? Just just relax. Accepting. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Just relax, take a deep breath. And then she pulls the trigger and you think maybe she did kill him. Yeah. I thought for sure. Yeah. I thought, well, you know, that's what he was kind of asking for, you know, kind of put him out of his misery even and lo and behold, you know what I mean? Turns out they can uh hang out. <laughs> She kind of realized that, you know, he was, you know, the weapon and the person who ordered the uh, execution is the one to go after. Yeah. So I thought, I thought, you know what I mean? I thought those were two nice parts of that script. Now, bad parts of the script, pretty much everything but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everything was, but it was, it was like so borrowed every movie. Like Michael was saying, part this, part that, you know, you could literally probably dissect every 15 minutes of this movie and pull one in 
You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. uh, at times it felt Tarantino-esque, not script-wise, but just like scene-wise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, 15 minutes, oh, you know, like the gore, for example. You know, the gore was really good. Yeah. You know, yeah. Very well done. But it was something I, I, I was would, cringing a lot. Yeah, right? But it's something definitely you would see in a Tarantino flick, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, very high quality. The amount yeah. of headshots in this movie is oh, just, I mean, I, did, was anybody killed without a headshot? I mean, I know they, there were people that were killed without a headshot, but it didn't feel like it in this movie. It was like, you know, and like that they one scene. by the double tap rule. Right. And in, in that one scene where, um, and, and I, I was a little, I was a little, I don't know, sickened. I mean, I guess you're supposed oh. to be, but I was a little sickened by that scene where they, they had that uh, really obese person. Yeah, uh, and, and they first they his head with the thing there, and they they no, shot no, him. The guy in the chair, right? The guy in the chair, like the big, oh, the really big. When they like oh, shot like they shot him like five times, and they yeah, thought he was, was dead. Really and then they stood there and like unloaded like five or six whole guns right into him, and it's like, yeah, yeah you know, some movies, you know, and Tarantino, I think, is notorious for this. They do, you know, have those scenes where it's just like really, you know, it's way over the top, mm-hmm. you know. But yet, you know, it's the effect yeah. of the. It's the effect I, they're probably looking for. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I agree with you, Michael. It was like, oh, man. Like, really? Like, I was just Swiss cheese. Yeah. Right. It, it's just worse when a dude's, like, built like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just like, oh, jeez. Right. And right. the girl's, like, laughing about it. You know <laughs> what I mean? That makes it. That makes that scene all the more disturbing. Tasteless. But, but at the same time, you know, that could be a good sign of uh, directing. You know, You know, maybe he wanted you to be disturbed by that. Oh, I'm sure there was a purpose behind it, you know. Uh, Sarah, what, what was your grade for the script? Uh, the script it was 71. 71. Ooh, she's yeah, a, little, a little lower, but... Yeah. She's thinking twice now, though, after I mentioned the twist at the end. Didn't she? <laughs> you are. I would have probably given it lower, but... Yeah. It's not like the script is... like The script's okay, but it's yeah. like... It, it's the acting, and it's the way it's shot, and the oddball humor that makes it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I gave it a yeah, uh, a seven script. I gave it a sixty-eight. Uh, yeah, which you know I'm the lowest, and I I certainly had a lot of problems with the right. script. I think the what, what irritated me most with the script was everything that didn't have to do with Camille and Duncan. Now they also have some problems too. I mean, look, this is a lot of well-worn tropes are you know in this script. I mean. Mm. Stuff that we've seen so many times, right? So there's there isn't much in terms of like the original uh, plot elements going on here, but it's at the very least solid, serviceable. Um, their portion of the script, it, it, to me, it's when you get over to Blute and the assassins and all that stuff that is just like, oh, fine. Just get through this, please. Hurry up! I, I <laughs> don't have time for this, and it, you know it. And I got was you know talking to to you, Barry. You know, half of this movie for me works, and the other half is just way too over the top. It's um, so when you say half, are you talking the first half or the second half? I just think everything that isn't, yeah, everything that like, has to do with Camille and Duncan. Oh, okay. I, so basically, if you pull parts of it out, right. Yeah, okay. I think it's the the tone is so vastly different, you know. It's a, it's very difficult for me to watch this movie and feel like it's one cohesive movie. And it's not like we haven't seen movies that have different tones in the movie. It's just that you have to find a way to take those different kind of tones and meld them together, at least make them work. The problem is that in this movie, it doesn't work because they are, so, it'd be like um watching like a hard hitting drama, you know, the kind of drama where you're sitting there and you're just, you know, you're really feeling the emotion. And then suddenly they break out in like a slapsticky dance number. Mm. And it's like, <laughs> what the hell is I'd this? Okay <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, you would just, you would hate it. Cause it, it doesn't, it doesn't, fit it doesn't feel like it works but you don't know why you're watching it and that's kind of what this felt like for me it just it didn't yeah. work because if they had done that all throughout the movie if they had a kind of made duncan and, and camille's portion of the storyline be a little more pumped up and over the top and and everything just like blute and and his portion of the storyline then i would feel like it was a more cohesive experience. Mm. So 
when I was watching this, I was watching it with like in the back of my mind and like, yeah, this is this is what Hannibal's doing as <laughs> post season three. He's just in a cabin somewhere. And you know, he goes to get that dog. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's really cute. Like, I kind of miss Will. I'm gonna go get a dog, and then he accidentally kills it. I can't believe you continue to watch it, Sarah, because I know who you are about animals. I oh my god, like I was shocked, but then I like laughed out loud, like roared. I was like, what the fuck just happened? I was like, it was so shocking that it was like so funny. I felt so bad, but it was hilarious. <laughs> the poor dog. It was so cute. <laughs> if it was a cat, I would be like turning this off, but <laughs> I don't know why, but dogs are just like <laughs> it was just okay, I guess I'm the only one laughing. <laughs> yeah. Uh the I, I felt so bad because the dog was cute and it was so cute. And then and then he shot it and I was just like, man, that's about how to take care of your dog <laughs> and then he gets the goldfish and he reads a book about how to take care of your, your fish goldfish. take care of your fish it's so cute <laughs> <laughs> well apparently a fish is better than a dog because he's not gonna have uh he's gonna have a hard time killing the fish as opposed to killing the dog Although I half expected in like that big gun battle for like a bullet to hit the bowl of him to be like son of a bitch <laughs> can't keep anything alive <laughs> um but <laughs> that so, was like the most shocking scene. So l- let's kind of talk about really the the overall plot for this movie is it's basically that Duncan he's probably the most famous assassin in the world, right? He's called the Black Kaiser. He's feared wherever he goes, and he's so prolific as a killer that he's amassed a lot of money. This money is going to get paid to him because at fifty, you're forced to retire, right? The company doesn't employ people over the age of 50. So basically, you're forced to retire and you get a good portion of the money owed to you uh, in one lump sum. So the company decides, well, I don't want to pay the Black Kaiser all this money. Uh, Blute basically being the person deciding this because he's the head of the company and he's you know going to take this guy out. He sends him on you know the, the one final mission. Um, and obviously, Duncan figures out way ahead of time. And uh, that more or less, you know, gets the ball rolling. So this group of amateur morons um, with guns starts going uh, through all the people that Duncan has met up with or knows. And eventually it leads them to, you know, his cabin and uh, which also means it'll lead them to Camille. So Camille is this young girl that he kind of meets. It's in this really small town in America and she's kind of quiet and shy and she's kind of dealing with a lot. Um, she looks like she's damaged. Right? Yeah. You know, escaping from something. And you don't know what that is. And it's one of the, probably the best thing actually about the entire script for me was the way they kind of hinted at there was, you know, this tragedy. And then she kind of reveals at least what it sounds like was the tragedy, which was, you know, she was 13 years old and she worked for a Santa, like a Santa's helper kind of thing. And then basically, I think she, was it that like this, the guy dressed up like Santa Claus ended up hitting her and he hit her her and then he sexually assaulted her. Right. And she just wants to, you know, kill him or at least, you know, tell him what he did to her and shoot him and kill him. Um, but really, she's talking about the person sitting next to her. Right. So that's, you know, the the yeah. big thing about this um, whole storyline is she actually came looking for Duncan. And it's he's the man that she actually wants to point the gun at. And, you know, because Duncan... And the only reason she could find him is because he's been putting money in a trust for her. Right. All these years. Yeah. Right. Because of what he did, which is every time he dreams, he actually dreams of this hit that he was assigned to do, shot this car up, open up the back door, and there was, you know, a dead woman. Her family in it. Her family, basically. And she was the only one that managed to survive. Now, she was 13, and of course, he's this, she's not going to recognize her, you know, now. It's over 10 years later. Um, and 
Yeah, so she's now there to to tell him, you know, what he did to her, how he changed her life, and you know, to kill him is her ultimate goal, obviously. And um, like he buys her a gun as a gift, like right? <laughs> who does that? Like who does that, right? Um, but then she gets kidnapped by you know, Balut and his uh, his men, and he eventually has to save her. And then at the end of the movie, you know, she does point the gun at him um yeah. but she doesn't kill Same him gun. you know uh and the other reason i don't think she killed him was because he said that uh you know he was given the the wrong car like it was a mistake he it was not the car he was supposed to shoot up basically it was, yeah. it was supposed to be something else and uh or at least or well do, right do you think that's what it was i mean i i got from it that it was a mistake but was it? It also sounds to me like that was actually the target. But that Duncan was given like, like he was thinking he was supposed to kill somebody else, but instead it ended up being this family. I think it sounds like that's what it was, right? You know, that's a good question because I think that's yeah, I, I agree. But you like, know, that it was kind of muddled to me as well. I just you know overall just kind of you know felt like okay, it was you know. He was either told to do it or it was a mistake, and I just kind of let it go with dad. I didn't really, you know what I mean? Dwell. Well, yeah, I didn't like dwell to see, well, exactly what was it? You know what I mean? Just because the movie really didn't make me really <laughs> that curious. <laughs> I hate to say. Well, I think at the end, the last thing he, she asks him is, um, can we find the person who, who ordered the hit? Ordered the hit. Yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, I think uh, they could have been a little clearer. I guess I, that's how I took it, at least for me, was that Duncan was more or less told that the targets are going to be other people, and then it's only when he opened up the car door that he realized that it was a mistake, as as uh, in he ended up killing people that he didn't know he was supposed to kill. Like, the people right. that he killed were supposed to be killed, it's just that he didn't know that, and I, I think right. that's more or less what happened. Um, all right, so... You know, what did you guys what did you guys think of the different you know tones to this movie with uh, the two separate kinds of you know storylines and the different tones involved in each? Of, I, I guess it doesn't bother you guys as much as it bothered me. No, it worked for me. Okay, yeah, I mean it's kind of cool watching a movie which has like you know ridiculous bad guys and almost borderline dark comedy mixed in with. You know, uh, amazing gunplay. And then, yeah, and then the fact that, you know, Mads does play a very convincing uh, assassin, you know, the world's best assassin. He plays that well. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, you know, I kind of like the mixture of, you know, a little bit of everything. So I I had no problem with that variety, Uh, you know, me personally. I thought it led to the entertainment factor of it. Okay. Yeah. And I like the, like, you don't expect certain things to be as fucked up as they are, but they are. And it's just, it's, it's horrible and funny at the same time. <laughs> like they're, when they're going through all his properties and you know, the first one they go into is this guy that's doing a sex tape. And it's mm, like one of those right. probably dark webby type sex tape. Right. It's just like, it's so fucked up. You're like, what the hell is this? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you figure it out. And it's like, God damn. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it's yeah, some of those kills though that crew makes are just kind of like what? But you they're know? memorable. Yeah, yeah. They yep. stick with you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. Okay. All right. Um. All right. So, uh, what is Raker? What is your favorite scene? Yes, I have a yes. Oh. <laughs> My favorite scene, and what I was like, yes, was when he had the gun fingers. I oh, love yeah. the gun fingers scene. You know what I mean? That whole like 20, 30 guys all with, you know, assault rifles. And then that Blutes, what is that? How is she related to him? Just like her, like his. Vivian's, I guess, at the right hand. Yeah, there person. you go. And she's talking like, well, you know, hey, we're going to finish this. And, you know, and then he just pulls out the old gun fingers and. Kills everyone. I loved it. That was my favorite scene of the whole movie. After that scene, I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is something I've never seen. Yeah, I've never seen that before either. 
So I thought that was cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess everywhere that those fingers pointed, shot, yeah. right? All you got to yeah. do is point a finger and that person's dead. Yeah, that's cool. Like, at first he doesn't even have the gloves on and he starts to walk backwards and then he turns around and then pulls out. You know what I mean? He's wearing the gloves and he just puts his hands out and sprays everyone. Cool. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite okay. scene, easily. Uh, Sarah? <laughs> My favorite scene is because I was is, laughing so hard. Is it the hard. sex scene? Is it the sex scene? No. Oh, it's sorry. up there. But um, <laughs> it's when he's teaching the kids at oh. the school. <laughs> oh. And he's teaching them, like, here's a knife. Here's where you slash to kill. And here, you, this is what a corpse looks like after being outside for three weeks. And, like, his whole table has, like, you know, um, those uh, knuckle thing, knuckle, whatever those things are called. And Rest it's got, like, a that. syringe on it. And it's got a gun. And I'm like, who even lets you in the building with this yeah, stuff? What, see, it's that's like, one of those things that's so ridiculous. Right. But at the same time, it's like, ah, it's pretty funny. It's kind of like uh, Kindergarten Cop. Remember? Yeah. With, you know. Uh, but the, obviously it's darker. Terrible. It's like it's a small town. So there's not really like regulations, and uh, I, I don't think a teacher would expect somebody to come in and be like, "Okay, this is a knife. This is a gun. This is morphine." The, <laughs> like what? Well, well, I I was like watching the teacher, and I'm like, "No, no, no. See, no teacher. At some point, that teacher's going to be like, um, you're not handing this knife to be, you know, <laughs> passed around.' And oh, hey, don't don't wouldn't like and like." No, there's no way she, you know, she's gonna let a a dead corpse picture of a dead corpse that's been bleached in the sun for what three days or three weeks. I can't remember which. Like to be passed around, like that teacher would have go gone over and snatched that out of the kid's hands and said, uh, "You need to get out of here now." Teacher, I mean, like, Raker, we we, we live shit. in a small town that that would never fly. No, <laughs> that would no, never that would fly. It's, but fly. it's it's funny in that you know right. it's just completely over the top and crazy. Yeah. yeah, I was just like sitting with my mouth open, being like, "What the fuck is happening?" It was just—it was so over the top, but just like it was really funny. <laughs> uh, for me, it is the uh, the subterranean hallway scene. Oh yeah, with all the, the guys the... when he when he gets out when he gets out and he's basically going after Blue Ooh, and all yeah. those guys Fire in there. Extinguisher. It uh, it reminded me of a mix between John Wick and Daredevil. Oh, okay. But in a good way. In a good way. Like if you mix the two together, that's that's I think what you would kind of get right there. A nice okay. a nice mix of gunplay and hand to hand combat. I thought it was it was well done. It, it it definitely definitely evoked John Wick, obviously a lot. Yeah. But you know, if there's one, if if you if you have to evoke one movie, I think. I would say that's probably a good one to evoke because you know yeah, John Wick is is good series and the third one comes out this year and I'm actually look, really looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, same here. So and John Wick, that's where like someone like kills his dog and he gets revenge, right? Yeah. Don't worry, Sarah. Don't worry, Sarah. We're gonna end up reviewing it. So. Well, my husband loves it, but I've just never watched it. Well, we'll fix that. <laughs> Um, because if you can watch a dog be killed in this movie, you can watch a dog be killed in another movie. <laughs> well, this one you don't. See I know. It. It's, it's just yeah. like on John Wick's, you really don't see it either. Yeah, it's, it's true. I can't yeah, even hear it. Oh, like, yeah. if there's any whining or anything, I'm like, no, I can't. I don't even think you hear whining. Mm. Pretty sure. Uh, all right. So, um, you know, let, let's move on now to uh, talking about the acting in this movie. So. Uh, Barry, what what's uh, standout performances in this movie? Would you say Pro- there are probably Matt Lucas as Blue? Um, <laughs> I just like I laugh looking at him because like I still see him as the foreigner in Bridesmaids. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is him. Yeah. yeah he's definitely gained a bit of weight since then, but like he's such a. His face is so creepy. It just makes him all the more like I know he like he's supposed to be like comical, but to me, like his stature and his profile and everything is just creepy now. Like it's so terrifying. Yeah. Okay. No, but and honestly, I mean, you know, obviously Blute's perform I don't even know if it's Matt Lucas's performance that 
was so bad. It could have been the character for, I don't know what was written down for him. You know what I mean? I'm, just everything about him was kind of weird. It was just uh, like, ugh. Yeah. yeah he just, but that's like, yeah. that's what makes it, like, I would be embarrassed to be, like, assaulted or killed by him. And I think that's what makes him even worse. That yeah. you, you don't even want on your record that. kind of reminds me of, like, you. a spoiled little rich kid and just like, yeah. ah, you know, because just order everyone around to do everything for him. And I'm sure that's what his character is. Yeah. I guess, you know, in reality, you know, the real, the standout performance would probably be either Mickelson or Hudgens. I'm kind of torn. I'll probably go with Mickelson. Um, just because, I mean, I think he hit that. I think he hit that role perfectly. I mean, you can have more than one. So, you know, if, if you really yeah, feel like the both. That's true. Does say performances. Yeah. <laughs> so... I'll still go with Mickelson, though. I think I think he he is godlike. Yeah, well, I don't know about that, but he's <laughs> you know he did a great job as an assassin. You know what I mean? I know he had those couple little weird, you know, parts where you know with the kids and so forth, but for the most part, you know, he played a believable assassin, and you know, I just I just think you know he was what made. I think if someone else would have played that role in that movie, they probably possibly couldn't have done as well. So. No. You know, I mean, there's other actors that may have been able to pull it off, but I think he pulled it off great. And this movie is just so, like, the real-life version, like, Mads' personality is so this movie. I could just oh, see yeah. him reading the script and being like, I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, like, a movie he does, like, for playtime, you know? <laughs> it's not serious, it's just fun. Yeah. Right. Uh, Raker, what, what's your uh, grade for this, for the oh, acting? well... Unfortunately, I have to give it a 75 simply because even with Mickelson's and Hudgens' performance, uh, you know, the rest of them were just so campy. Okay. Yeah. You know, I just. Campy is a good word. Campy yeah, is a good word. Yeah. That it brought it down. So, you know, I couldn't take any of the other roles serious at all. So that's a 75, which isn't a terrible score, but, you know, that's, that's the score I give it. All right. Sarah, what about. What's your grade? Uh, I gave the acting 84 because. Like, I know they're campy, but I kind of feel like that's exactly how they're instructed to act, and they just did their roles, and that was exactly like what their characters were supposed to be like, so I can't really knock them too much for just acting their part, but I mean, Mads and Vanessa Hudgens were definitely the A-list mm-hmm. you know, actors, because they actually gave performances that were a level of challenging. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, everybody else just kind of, you know, they did their part. Okay. I will give, like, acting gave a little extra for, um, what's her face? I don't know her name, but it's the Russian oh. chick that he has sex with. 22-year-old oh. Russian girl is just... <laughs> Catherine Winnick. Dry humped out. Oh, no, 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 Poor her. Thing. Oh, that's um, uh, Ruby O'Fee. Ruby, yeah. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> Yeah, for me, uh, I gave the the acting a seventy one, um, and that's and that's getting the grade it's getting because Mads is really good, and I thought Vanessa Hudgens was you know really good in this movie. I also think Catherine Winnick, who played Vivian, um, I thought yeah, she, she was Vikings, she was right? yeah she's on Vikings uh, and she's apparently really good there. I haven't seen Vikings uh, honestly, but I do plan on watching it because I hear it is good, but. Uh, you know, I thought she did solid. Um, she probably was def. I think she was definitely the best of the cast that you know wasn't uh, Mickelson or Hudgens. Uh, but everyone else, you're right. Uh, it it can't be over the top. Um, her just- death was the one I had a problem with because it was so anticlimactic. Yeah, uh, yeah. She had this kind of big role through the whole movie. Yeah, you know, she's yeah. friends with him. But with the bad guys, and then just kills her and leaves her to die, and there's nothing bad past that. It was just kind of like, okay, yeah, she was kind of a cool character, but sure, just leave her there. Yeah, well, let me tell you what. Talk about one scene wonders. Let's talk about uh, Richard Dreyfus. Uh, <laughs> oh where the hell did that come from? He just was like, oh, hey, yeah, sure, let me uh, come in this movie and uh, be in this one scene for five minutes i don't even know if it's that long i was gonna say was it even five minutes i think it's two minutes and, and he, <laughs> he collected a two hundred fifty thousand dollar paycheck for his troubles yeah. um you know and the weird thing about it is you gotta wonder if he even did it for his troubles just simply because like 
if you wouldn't, you know, I mean, if I wouldn't have read somewhere that was Richard Dreyfus, I wouldn't even known. It took me, yeah. a, it took me a, a few seconds yeah. to realize it was him. Honestly, yeah. I mean, um, it could have just been some old dude that looked like him for all I'd have known. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you know, he just kind of popped up and left. And I mean, maybe if they make a sequel, he'll maybe he'll be more involved. <laughs> I don't know. Heck, I wouldn't be surprised if we never see him again. But. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, acting wise, it's um, you know, it is what it is. There's a, there's some there's a couple solid performances in here, uh, better than solid, and then I think there's a, a decent one in there. But the rest are all bleh. So uh, yeah, seventy one for me. Um, all right, and uh, let's move on to directing. Um, directing for this movie. Uh, you know, it, it's hard for me. I, I think there are some really nice shots littered throughout this movie, some nice sequences. Uh, the cabin is is nice, uh, nicely shot. Uh, a lot of those scenes between, I think, Camille and Duncan are, are well framed. Uh, very, they feel very intimate, like they're supposed to. Um, you know, the some of the shot selection in this movie is, I think, good. But uh, again, once you get over to the other storyline, it's it's the some of the shots are just like, what the hell are you thinking? And and then the saturation levels are jacked up, and it's just I don't know. It it just feels like they brought in two different directors. They brought in one director to do the Duncan and Camille stuff, and then they brought another director in to do everything else. Um, with a completely different style and everything. I don't know. It felt very chaotic to me. Um, so it's like a mix between, I think, good directing at times and a lot of just questionable choices. Um, so, you know, for me, um, directing gets a um, an 80. But I think it's mostly because of the stuff between Duncan and Camille. That's what really does yeah. it for me. I think for, you know, a first-time guy, I think this is his first movie, is it not? Like, movie, movie? Um, I believe... Um, I've never heard of the guy. Yeah. So, I'm, you know... If, Unless he's strictly B-movies or something. Yeah, right. Um, for his first, you know, I, and I mean, this is kind of, you know, it's a Netflix movie, so he's really how a, big of a movie is this? He's done a lot of video shorts, uh, TV specials. All right, well, there you go, then. This is probably his biggest thing to date, I'm assuming. He oh. has a crap ton of directing credits, like 141. Oh. Wow. But they're all like like uh, music videos. Music videos. Uh, like okay. that. I mean, big, big names. Like, you know, I mean, there's Britney Spears, yeah. the Rolling Stones, Maroon Beyonce. 5, Paul McCartney. Yeah. I think like, so. you know, for a movie for this, from this right. guy, like this actual yeah, full length movie, yeah. I think he did pretty good. I mean, I think he borrowed a little too much from other directors. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean. But I mean, I guess with a movie with a script like this, you know, you're you're, you're going to end up borrowing. You can't, you know. Good luck creating something 100 percent original that doesn't remind us of some other assassin-based movies. Oh my god! Uh, but Just still, I, I, you know, I mean, I I thought he did all right. You know, I mean, I think I think he has a future. I think, you know, I would if he did another Netflix movie, I'd probably watch it. You know, I, yeah. I gave it a 75. This guy's upcoming project is called Zombie Broadway, and it's about a group of a group of Broadway performers trying to quell a zombie invasion in New York City. We have to review. This sounds amazing. (laughs) Wow! How did he go from this, which isn't exactly you know what I mean, like uh, the Sound of Music, (laughs) but uh, to Zombie Broadway? Broadway. That's hilarious. Well, he must be creative. Yeah, he is painting a broad spectrum of work. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's hilarious. Um, directing, yeah. I gave it an 80 as well, Michael. Um, yeah, there's there were some like really fantastic shots, like you said, and then there's some really like questionable shots and choices made, but when Blue's head goes flying out the window to the camera, <laughs> it's like animated, like you couldn't special effect that, like make it just practical. Yeah, you know, finally he gets a whole, you know, he finally gets caught up with Blue, the guy that tortured him for two straight days. You know, cu- cuts parts of him out, and 
all he does is like stand face to face with him and then you see a distant shot and his head comes flying through the window like what yeah that that was pretty poor yeah i agree that was very poor because i think a lot of us wanted to see blue get really carved up yeah like eaten by dogs or something yeah something (laughs) right or just like drown him in like the vat of his own cream or something (laughs) Something, right? Yeah, something. Yeah, like, something yeah, with flair. Something rather than you don't even see it happen, you know? Yeah. Or whatever his name is, has that, you know, Mads has that huge battle axe, axe looking thing, and that's all you see. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's the last time you see it, and then his head come flying out a window. It's like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was poor. And then, like, there are some, like, weird shots where, like, you know, Vanessa Hutchinson, she's crying. And, um, like this, the two different shots, like one where she was like telling like the Santa story and then the, you know, the end where she's telling like the truth, you know, they have these shots and she's crying and then like, I feel like it's really realistic. You know, she's crying. Like there's even like snot coming out of her nose. I'm like, wow, they really uh, went okay. Blair Witch with that. But then they cut <laughs> to him, cut back to her and her face is perfectly clean. I'm like, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I also thought yeah. that that, um, that end scene, right where it was, right when she was pointing the gun at him, mm-hmm. and she, you know, she shot the gun, and so you're thinking, oh no, maybe, maybe she killed him. Yeah. Which I actually thought the moment they cut away, I was like, he's not dead, because um, <laughs> they do that all the time. You see that a lot where they, yeah, they cut away. But anyway, they cut back to them, and immediately he's like, they're just talking, you know, like, can we find the person that ordered the hit? And I'm like. I know that we're jumping ahead maybe an hour or two or something, maybe, but it felt very abrupt editing-wise. I, I guess this probably is just more about editing, but it just felt very abrupt to me in that we went from that kind of a scene where she's literally holding a gun ready to shoot him, actually shoots the gun, and then boom, they're just like, oh, yeah, we can maybe we can try to find the person that ordered the hit. I'm thinking, eh, I don't feel like that really worked so well for me it just felt like this really really emotional very emotional scene and then all of a sudden they're like we're good <laughs> like okay yeah. no, you're you're just point <laughs> a gun at me but okay but yeah thanks for not shooting me yeah <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um all right so uh let's move on to uh special effects and makeup uh, special effects, uh, you know, they get an 80 for me. I, I thought that the gore and the blood was really well done. Um, a lot of practical effects in this movie. There, are, I think, are a few shots of, of special effects enhanced, uh, stuff, but for the most part, I think that it was, you know, given the budget, you know, it all had to be practically done. And I thought that, uh, given what the movie's about, given what, what you see all a lot in this movie, it's all blood and gore and, and it's all practically done. And I, I thought it was, you know, solid. I thought it was just, you know, well done. Yeah. I agree. What, what was your score? 80. 80. Yeah. I agree. Um, like, I think they did a great job with the gore. Um, they nailed that. All the practical effects were really well done. It's just like the, like, even in the very first opening shot when they're going to like the mansion in Chile where Johnny Knoxville's at, you can tell parts of that forest are animated and it's just yeah. kind of a little weird looking. True. Same with Blute's head flying out. Like, it's just like, True. could we not have made a head? <laughs> Anything. But yeah, other than that, I think they're pretty solid. I gave it 88. Um, okay. Yeah, and yeah, I gotta give him credit because the special effects budget probably went into the getting that girl a boob job for that sex scene. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you're right. Possibility. <laughs> uh, Raker. I mean, it was you? probably worth it, but. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, great. I give it a seventy-eight. I-, I agree with you, Michael. You know I me mean? for the most part. I thought the you know the gore, the shoot up stuff was really good. Um, I really didn't consider the CGI stuff. I should have probably, but, and I agree with you, Sarah, on those scenes that were pretty obvious, but, uh, you know, I just thought that the, thought it was well done, the practical effects, so I gave it a 78. Okay. Fair score. Uh, all right, and editing and pacing. Uh, <laughs> so for, for this, uh, I gave it a 72. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, look, given it's got a small budget, uh, I don't know if they if they hired a bad editor or maybe it was their first time at editing. I don't know. I thought the editing was a little bit chaotic at times. Um, there were – see, a movie like John Wick, if you go and you watch that movie, it's pretty well edited. And editing, if, there's a lot of uh, purposes, but obviously you're putting a movie together. But along with the pacing and everything – Especially when it comes to action scenes, you have to be able to make sure that the audience understands what's going on. And sure, for much of the movie, you don't have a problem. But there are times, especially when it comes to some of the action scenes, where I had a difficult time kind of understanding what was going on. Um, not all the time. Some are well done. Like uh, the subterranean hallway scene I thought was was pretty well done. Um but there were other times, other fight sequences where I couldn't understand how, you know, Duncan was was stabbing somebody, you know, in the throat and then shooting somebody in the shoulder. But the way it was edited, it was kind of like, wait, what did I see? Yeah. Uh, you know, um, and then in terms of the pacing for this movie, uh, could have been done a lot better. I mean, <laughs> I know it's Waddle action kind of in this movie, but uh, I thought the pacing was all over the place. Um, it was just, there was action and then it would really kind of just take all the energy away uh, from this movie. There would be, you know, scenes that would be devoted to Blute or some of the other people and, and it just sucked the energy out of this movie, you know? So yeah, I thought the, the editing and pacing was mediocre really. So it's yeah. everyone. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I gave it a 73. Like, you know, I'm, just like the pacing of the actual whole film, it was weird. You know what I mean? There was some scenes that were like, do they have to be this long? And then it was a real quick scene. Then it was a longer scene, quick scene, quick scene. And, and I think they compressed the end was a little too quick. Yeah. And so, you know, I had more of an issue with the pacing than noticeable things with the editing. Um so that's where a lot of my score came from was the pacing. You know, it just never felt, you know, the end kind of came too quick on me. And yeah. So. I, I also think that the, the two storylines, the, the Camille and Duncan storyline and kind of following their story mm. together. And yeah. then the other storyline with them tracking him down, trying to kill him. The movie had a really difficult time trying to juggle those two storylines. Uh, I felt like, the Duncan and Camille storyline really suffered in a lot of ways. I think because of this other storyline, which, you know, if they would have found a better way of going about it, I think that uh, they could have made that impactful and yet still made their Camille Duncan story a little more central mm. to it. So. I wish we had more of their story, mm. but, um, we might get that because apparently they're already talking a sequel. Okay. Are they really? Yeah, yeah already. Oh the God. director's like, yeah, I'd do it. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I bet you would. Well, what is your grade, Sarah? Um, For editing and pacing, I gave it 78. And okay. I pretty much agree with everything you guys have said so far. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much nail on the hammer. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, so for the uh, rewatchability, uh, pretty simple. Mine's a uh, 70. I think there's... There's stuff to like about this movie. Uh, I it it's a movie I can probably sit and watch, but I'm also going to probably just get irritated when I watch it at the same time. Like I'll be really happy <laughs> to see certain portions, and then I'm just gonna like groan and hit fast forward, you know, to get to the good stuff that I like, and you know. But it does have some rewatchability value. I just don't think that it's um, highly rewatchable. See, I, I'm going to disagree a little bit with you, Michael. I, I thought just you know, because of how entertaining all the campiness and such with it, with it was, I, I gave it a 78. Um, I I rewatched it twice. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, you did mention that. Yeah, I mean, I just you know, I watched it one time. I was kind of tired. I got through it, and then I was like, you know what? I want to watch that again because there's a lot of parts I really liked. And then I think I watched it the last time just to get the fingers. Gun fingers. I thought that was just the coolest thing ever. So, gun fingers and gun probably fang. another scene. Yeah, there's some nice other attributes to the, <laughs> some of the scenes, but yeah, I just I thought you know 
I would probably, I wouldn't be surprised if I watch it again. I just, think it's one the, I just think it's one of those movies that's just, it's not so unbearable to rewatch, but yet it's just entertaining to be like, you know what, if nothing else is on, I'll throw that back on again, you know? Oh, I remember that yeah. scene where this, and, you know, maybe I'll watch some of those other scenes where, you know, even though they were pretty gruesome, just to watch them again, just to, you know, soak it in a little more. And eh, I, yeah. I thought it was rewatchable. Okay. Yeah. And like the, some of the scenes are like so oddball. Like the one that just popped into my head is when he's getting his like physical checkup and, you know, he gets a freaking prostate exam and then the doctor's like, uh-huh. so my mom, my uh, wife made some pie. Would you like some? They just sit and have pie. Yeah, after. That's <laughs> like, true. This is so strange, but well, it's I, I just assume he's in Europe. Yeah, for most of this movie, if not all of it. So I'm just kind of like, where they already have your hand up your ass. And then... Yeah, right. <laughs> I think weird things happen over there. Is my thoughts? I could be wrong. So <laughs> not nothing like that, but you know what I mean. Like so, mm-hmm. all this crazy stuff that goes on. I'm just like, well, he's overseas doing, you know, in a weird place. So I'm sure they release... eat pie normally. Yeah, you know, they're very nice people. <laughs> uh, all right, so. Uh... If I add up all the grades, um, uh, the the script comes out to a 71, the acting comes out to a 76, directing a 78, the uh, special effects is an 82, the editing and pacing is a 74, and the rewatchability, although we don't factor that in anymore, it's an 80. Uh, and total score uh, for... Uh, Raker, it's 75, Sarah, an 80, and 74 for me, so that comes out to a total Freaking Geek score of a 76 for Paul. Mm. Yeah, so. that sounds about right, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of where this should land. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, somewhere in the, yeah, I thought somewhere in like the 68 to like mid-70s, you yeah. know, somewhere in that range. <laughs> of course. You know? Yes. So... But uh, anyway, so yeah, that's that's it. Um, you know, it's a, it's a movie that I think if you watch it, you may end up loving it, or you may hate it, <laughs> or you might be somewhere in the middle. I guess it's with every yeah. movie, it's like that. But <laughs> I think this is a this is a movie. I feel like you know, it's a little more divisive, you know, in that you're kind of gonna, I think have very strong opinions one way or another on this movie, you know, so whether you fall on one side or the other, uh, I say watch the movie for sure. Not with children in the house, but I think everyone should definitely watch it. It's entertaining. Who knows where you'll fall in it, but it's watchable. It's worth watching. Yeah. 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 I think, I think for a Netflix movie, you know what I mean? It's yeah. It's it's getting there, you know. I think Netflix original movies uh, are slowly just getting better and better. I mean, you can't, you know, it's hard to argue with Bird Box. Um, that was a really good movie, so you know, I don't think it's quite that quality. But you know, I think I think for a Netflix movie, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I'm really anxious to see that one with Ben Affleck and Oscar Isaac here that uh, coming to Netflix here. I think next month, well, March anyway. So it looks really cool. I'll have to check it out. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the episode and joining us on our review of Polar. So uh, we'll see you guys next time on the Freaking Geeks podcast. Until next time, have a good one. Thank you. See you. Thanks for listening to the Freaking Geeks podcast. Be sure to visit freakinggeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com slash freakinggeeks for more great content. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Trust us, it really helps. Now, if you'd like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions, you can do so by sending your email to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com. You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanage. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks.
Intro music for this episode is Danger Storm by Kevin MacLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Outro music is Nowhere Land by Kevin MacLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. You can also find the attribution in the episode description as well.